Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogomilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Sandy Bonnell. Hello. Hello. How are you? I feel really weird. Like, like I'm just going to own the fact that we're recording this on not the day that we normally record because the topic... Uh, sort of required us to wait to see the topic to talk about it. Yeah. Um, um, and I, and if it's, it's really thrown me off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So we, we are talking today about Doctor Who. Uh, I'm sorry, you have to say it correctly. It is season 13 of Doctor Who, which has decided to go by the title that doesn't make any sense, but most of the season doesn't. Uh, Doctor Who Flux. Yeah. Which, according to the title, you would think that the thing that is called the flux would be perhaps, I don't know, the major point of the season that we are watching. Um, but no. that is not the case, actually. Yeah. Um. So uh, this, as we talked about uh, prior to the season, um, in our little bonus episode about uh, the next showrunner, um, flux is a six episode a season down from 10 it is one of the only times doctor who has come in announcing that the show is not a a monster of the week but an actual arc um the last time they did anything close to this was in classic who days uh with the sixth doctor um in a, a season that was that is referred to now as trial of a time lord um even that was a little bit sort of like adventure of the weekish but there was an over there was an overarching sort of a, a, a storyline that sort of bookended every episode and connected them together where the doctor was on trial in Gallifrey. Um, this is not quite that. Um, this is attempting to be more arky in the um, in the prestige TV way. In the sense that like one episode leads directly into the next episode and like all of the subplots are <laughs> connected to each other. Sorry, I yeah, I just yeah. Um, this was I, I. The thing is, is that I came into this really hopeful. Um, I you did know- too because we talked about this when we talked about Torchwood, and Chibnall did Children of Earth, which is another similar sort of framing device of like each episode is like a a day, I think. Mm-hmm. And they all run together as part of one story, and it was really tight and cohesive and. I have narrative quibble quibbles with quite a bit of it, but like I can see the thought that went into that story and how that story was told. And it, it sort of transferred the it, it sort of transferred Torchwood from a monster of the week show to an arc based show, um, which was sort of what I felt like Doctor Who was doing here is that they were transferring themselves from the usual monster of the week to see how doing an arc would basically play out. Like a, a more a more deliberate kind of larger con- connectivity than... Because I know a lot of people will hear us say that and think, well, Bad Wolf was an arc. Well, Bad Wolf was an arc, but that was another... That was sort of an overarching thing that was happening in the background of all the episodes. It wasn't necessarily the point of every single episode. Yeah, it was like a loose arc. This is a very... This is... The, the flux thing is supposed to be the narrative driver. Yeah. Like you, this is, I think the best way to think about it is like you couldn't just come in and watch like 
survivors of the flux and have any idea what was going on. Although, to be fair, I watched all the episodes that came before Survivors of the Flux, and I still had no idea what was going on. So, yeah, not guaranteed. But on paper, that's how it should have worked. So, um, I, I uh, a do you, couple want, of do you epi- want me? To, do you want me to start? <laughs> well, I was gonna say a couple episodes into this, um, Lacey and I were recording another episode, and we were sort of just you know talking beforehand. And Lacey said that she had a conspiracy theory about this season. And at the oh, time, yes. I sort of, I, sort of I laughed, feel like a genius. I sort of laughed it off when she said this. But go ahead, because I actually now subscribe to this. I actually like uh, watching the past the last two episodes. It's sort of like it's clear that they tried to push it all together in a very messy way but like my theory is this this season was never intended to be the way that it is and the way that it is is because of covid restrictions um so what happened is when the show originally came or, or all the other seasons with chibnall and jody whittaker are 10 episodes when they originally started talking about filming this season it was supposed to be eight suddenly doctor who it turns into doctor who flux and it's six and then there's three more specials after that. What I think happened, and I fully believe this in my soul, is that they took the eight that they had, lopped off seven and eight for the New Year's and springtime specials. And then we're like, how can we rework these six episodes to be some kind of cohesive whole? It's especially apparent to me in the first three episodes, which feel incredibly disconnected from each other and tell very different sorts of stories. The Weeping Angels one is very much like a period piece set in the past. The... Uh, adventure one, the first adventure one with Cavanista is a very specific kind of episode. And then the second episode is the Santaran War one. It feels very like these episodes were conceptualized as their own things before they tried to make them into a bigger thing. Um, I have to agree. And I actually feel like the back episodes are part of what proves that because um, especially episode five, um, which you you mentioned earlier, Survivors of the Flux, I felt like there were several episodes, there were several pieces of episodes that should have been their own standalones mm-hmm. that were sort of smashed together. Um, so one of those was Yaz basically getting to be the doctor for three years. Oh yeah, well, and that would have been the standard like companion like com- doctor like companion episode where they basically remake the mummy. Yeah, and they basically the three of the basically there's always one where we get kind of like you know especially because we've sort of been building to this Yaz of what would the doctor do and she sort of has a crush on her and all that kind of thing like ha- giving Mandip Gill this this you know this this standalone episode to carry on her own where she is there with two companions John Bishop and Kevin McNally following her around and they basically spend three years in the past unsure if they'll ever be able to get home and she has to basically be the leader like that's a thing that i think every single person who has loved the 13th doctor and yaz has been clamoring for and there it was smashed in with two other episodes one of which was this sort of weird like let's rewrite units history where this guy comes in where this alien comes in and quietly changes things and then this other sort of timeless child storyline that doesn't actually go anywhere and and it was very frustrating because the fact is is that like the the unit one actually itself also could have been a really good standalone episode i actually really liked every part of that episode that was only about like kate yeah, Stuart and Unit. Yeah, like that was. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I really needed them to rewrite the history of Unit for like the third time, but at least that was 
like decent TV. You yes. know what I mean? Like it was watchable. And and you know, with the thing is, is that we always there's always sort of this desire, especially since Steve Moffat, since the Steve Moffat years, where we have this sort of desire to pay tribute to classic Who. And Unit is very much a classic Who thing. And we literally, like at one point yeah, in that episode... A, they use a recording of the original Brigadier's voice yeah. in, in the episode because uh, the actor passed away a few years ago, and yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Um, Nicholas it, Courtney. And, uh, thank you. And uh, he, he, he actually has been he was part of the show from 1966 with the first doctor all the way into the sarah jane adventures in 2008 like he was a really long time person and having like a tribute to him uh, like an episode where like he gets to be sort of referenced off stage we never actually see him but we see the rest of unit going about doing its thing like would have been amazing and they didn't do that because it was smashed in with this other thing that, yeah, this Yaz episode, which should have been its own thing. And then on top of it, like, there's the, we have to talk about the timeless child. <sighs> so, so I, I am a, def- we all, we all know how I feel about the timeless child. And I, honestly, like mm. Chris Jimble, you could have just left it alone instead of kicking its dead corpse because Russell's going to undo it. So you might as well just not have bothered. So the thing is, is I was a defender of the Timeless Child storyline. Oh, wait, are you going to come sit by me and my boat of hatred now? Well, the thing is, like, I thought the idea of former doctors, of of unexplored regenerations was a fascinating development. Now, I know that you did not, that you felt that this was sort of retconning in diversity in a place that, like, getting trying to get credit where there wasn't any sort of, like, um, J.K.R. saying that, like, Dumbledore was gay after the the series was over and trying to get credit for writing a gay character without ever admitting it while the books were being sold. Like, I I get that. And and, and And I think that's a perfectly legitimate position but i liked what it opened up in the in the universe to 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 explore and i feel incredibly frustrated in how it has played (laughs) out here um i mean honestly like the last thing i needed was the doctor's mommy to come out of nowhere like i was Um, like you've gotta be kidding me a that was horrible b my worst fear did not actually come to pass in this episode which was gonna be that bell and vendor were somehow the doctor's parents (laughs) like i was like fully convinced that was gonna happen thank god that it did not because i don't really need to know like i don't need to know who the doctor's parents are no like no i just it's not interesting Right. Like there there are origin stories we do not need. Okay, one of the smartest things that Marvel ever did when it rebooted Spider-Man for the MCU is that they just skipped that. And that like one of the things they've been doing with bringing in new characters now that they're 20 odd movies in is that they skip the origin stories and they just go like, yeah, okay, this guy's been running around for a while. Right. And and I love that. And the doctor, the doctor has been going for almost 60 years now. There is no need to go back and retcon an origin story. This is not necessary necessary also division division is boring division is boring division doesn't make any sense like it's stupid what really pissed me off about division is that it felt like it was imitating marvel's loki and the tva and i was just like listen no 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 no. doctor who is the original time travel show it should be the one leading the way on timelines and multiverses it should not be following other people and that made me so angry like especially because Loki very much felt like it was aping Doctor Who in places mm-hmm. like uh, the, mm-hmm. the 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 Sylvie character literally felt like a pale imitation of Jodie Whittaker sometimes and I I I wanted 
I, I don't want Doctor Who to follow a thing that is imitating it. I want it to be leading the way. And I felt very much like Division is just another like secret bureaucracy. Woo woo. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Need, it's and, like, and, oh, and, look, another faceless bureaucratic group that's doing evil things in the margins. Surely I have not seen that before. And um, can we talk about like a swarm and as your I still didn't I I just, I mean the makeup look right you know what actually really makes me angry about this episode I just have to I have to say the this it breaks my heart honestly how much I hate this season because I have not felt this way about a season of Doctor Who since I started watching Doctor Who and me it neither. just feels like stabbing myself in the stomach with like a rusty blade but this is the worst season of New Who by a mile like it's 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 not even just that it's bad. There are some episodes of Moffat Center that I think are incredibly bad. But the eye booger one? <sighs> Sorry, I, I mean, need to I, stop I, you on track. So, like, <laughs> earlier when I was composing this rant in my head, I was actually thinking about a Russell episode, which is uh, Love and Monsters, which is another Ooh, episode that's, that's really terrible. But it's also not this bad. Because I feel like not only is this bad, it's six hours of my life that I'll never get back. Like, it's not just bad, it's pointless. Like, nothing that happened in this episode matters. Nothing that happened in this season matters. We're not, other than Dan, we're not taking anything from this forward. No. Great. The Santarans and Daleks, like, killed each other. Guess who's going to be in the New Year's special? Don't yeah. care. Like. Um- there was there was some sort of passing reference that that, that Tectoon made about having the seeds to restart a universe. Oh, whatever. Uh, but like they didn't even actually say that the Doctor used those. Like we just destroyed all of these people, and God knows why. I mean, it's also just like not even subtle. At least I didn't know who was going to knock four times. <laughs> Sorry, like it's just it's so heavy handed and bad. And what's worse, it thinks it's smart. That's the thing that kills me is that it thinks it's being bold and clever, but it doesn't do anything. It does nothing. Okay. Like there's no, I can't tell you, number one, I don't think if you offered me money, I could linearly and coherently describe the plot of the season to you. Number two, I could not tell you what journey any character went on this season or how they changed from the first episode to the final one. Three, Dan is apparently a companion now, and I could not tell you why, considering he spent approximately 20 minutes with the doctor, and I don't think anyone asked him to be. Um, he, he spent three years with Yaz. Like, that actually, like, I also, like, literally he spent, like, he almost, he's been a companion for three years with Yaz off screen. Like, that's, uh, I, 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 and I, I, I want to know more about that, and I don't, because that was literally shoved off so they could add a whole bunch of other crap that I didn't care about. Um, I, 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 uh, what really got me was it, things like die. Okay, so we have this Dan and Die thing that sort of is trying to be a relationship, and then he doesn't make their date because he gets swept off by 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 the Lupari, and and he misses it. And at the end, you know, like the whole thing with her and Vinder. At one point, Vinder's like, "You could be a teacher at the academy." I'm like, "I want her to dump Dan and go be like a teacher at some alma mater that I've never heard of that like Belle and Vinder went to." And she's like, "You know, goodbye. I'm going to the galaxy far, far away and teach people how to be awesome." Right? Like, I wanted that for her. I wanted anything for her i wanted nothing for her because i literally didn't care about her in any way 
we could have done something for her. She would have had a purpose then or a point, but she had no purpose, no point other than to be a person for Dan to hug while Vinder was hugging Bill when they got off the passenger. There was literally no point to almost any of this season. Like the doctor, the doctor finds out her mom is the head of division. No one cares. She gets her memory fob watch back. Doesn't matter in a TARDIS literal memory hole now. Right? Like that was so shocking. The flux the flux is here to destroy the whole universe, except Earth, I guess, but the universe is back. Yeah. Also. And it's I oh my gosh, it's so just I you, you know what really for me epitomizes the whole pointlessness of this thing? And it's actually because the image of the doctor turning into a weeping angel, PS. If I never see another weeping angel again on this show, I will be happy because every time they come back, it's worse. Like, just stop. But like the imagery, the imagery of the doctor turning into an angel was incredible and so cool. Mm. And legitimately, it lasted for 26 seconds where Mm -hmm. they just suddenly decided to say, JK, never mind. Like there's nothing, there's like, there's no explanation for why it happened. No explanation for why she wasn't really an angel and no explanation for how she suddenly was no longer an angel. That's like the, that's like a microcosm of this entire season. And I hate it so much. There was sort of a hand wavy thing. Putting her in an angel body was transporting her somewhere, but there was no real point to it. Like, why couldn't they just transport her normally? The only reason they turned her into an angel was because it was a really cool image. And then they did nothing with it. Zero things. And, and. This has sort of happened at the beginning of every episode. Like, we ended on this crazy cliffhanger and then nothing actually was done with it. And that happened every single episode. This is what I'm saying. Can you tell me, can you tell me a single, like, arc that any character on this season went through? Um, They hired Graham basically to come in, be a badass girl, and then, like, her entire ending was, oh, I'm pregnant. Yay, let's be a family. <laughs> that. That, that, I that. I mean, she was already pregnant when she got there, so that's not an arc. Right? Like, that's, but that's, that's the entirety of what they gave her to do in the end. I was like, really? Okay, they killed an entire race of puppy people. Yeah. And, um, and, and, oh no, he's now their dog. What? What? Also, he was the Ruth Doctor's companion. Doesn't okay, matter. Doesn't matter. Dropped that watch down the memory hole that conveniently lives in the TARDIS. I was Look, like, all I can say, all I can say, is please hurry home, Russell. I miss you. <laughs> we need you. This is garbage. I don't know what I don't. Like, the Chibnall era has not been my favorite, but like this is just like a dumpster fire. Um, the thing is, like, okay, so. We started to talk about Swarm and Azure, and you really liked the way they looked. To me, they looked very, like, classic Who villains. I thought they looked like David Bowie, basically. Like, that's, <laughs> like, it really, it just really looked like a very Bowie-esque, like, the cheekbones for days, like, glitter makeup stuff. I thought they looked really awesome. I literally have no idea who they are or what they wanted or why they won or didn't win. Like, no idea. They didn't. They died for no reason. They were killed by time, I think. I, is time <laughs> anthropomorphic now? Apparently time is anthropomorphic. But, you know, the only real... Honestly, other than, like, you know, remind us that Jodie Whittaker is retiring from the role, the only thing time did that was of any use was that remind us that her jacket is actually reversible and the show has forgotten about that for three seasons. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like that's I just like that's I do. all you guys. I do. You guys know that I love. I'll I'll hate on things for days, but it does not give me joy. This does not give me joy. Like this is not fun. I love this show more than anything, and this was like an insult to my eyeballs. It was so bad, and it's honestly such an insult to Jodie Whittaker, who literally acts her butt off mm-hmm. through this whole thing. She tries so hard, but you cannot spin straw out of gold. Like, or wait, it, other way around, spin gold out of straw. Like you, like she. There's only so much she can do when the story is this bad, and I'm angry because I waited this long for a female doctor, and now it's going to be forever until we get another one because they're going to be like, well, that's that era was really terrible, and it's not her fault. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were good performances. Graham was great. Kevin McGalley was great. I mean, honestly, like, considering that he had very little screen time and very little character That's Jer- development. Jericho, yeah. Yeah, Jericho. Like, he... Isn't consi- he Mrs. He's Mrs. Phil- he's Mr. Phyllis Logan. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he, uh, honestly, like, he's a great actor. And, like, his noble ending, even though, like, you knew immediately from the beginning that he was going to die before this the, this season was over because he clearly arrived with noble ending, like, tapped to his, taped to his forehead. <laughs> right? Like, it was still really moving. Like, he did so well with that, even though, like, and that's the thing is that really good performance. There were things in these in every well not every episode there were things in episodes two four and six that were good um there was in episode two there was the the historical figure who i really loved i thought i thought um i thought sarah powell did this great thing with mary c cole i thought that was interesting i thought exploring the crimean war was interesting again pointless though pointless though like that one for me was the one that solidified my conspiracy theory because that felt like an entirely like its own episode thing that had nothing to do with anything else. And, you know, despite the fact that I am so tired of the Weeping Angels, um, there was a lot that I really liked about episode four and the whole, like, the companions get lost from the Doctor because, like, the biggest fear that we always have for the companions is that they get separated from the Doctors and they can never make them their way home. Like, that's kind of, that, that was kind of epitomized. I know, in the- it's why everybody's like, oh, Amy and Rory had the most tragic ending. I'm like, they just went back in time. They didn't die. No, honestly, like uh, the, the Amy's real tragic story is the one where she gets trapped. The girl who waited. Oh, that, that episode that, is so good. That episode is so good. Like that, and and there were a little bit of vibes of that where you know Yaz and Dan were suddenly in two thousand in in nineteen oh one, and the doctor was an angel. And wh- how do we get home? We all can only take the slow path. Also, they just left that little girl there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They're like peace, child. Uh there's so much about this that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Like, for, for, for all that, like, the entire episode was basically people yelling, don't blink at each other. Like, I really, there were things in that episode I really liked. I really liked the concept of the robe weak being angel, even though I think it's kind of, I, I, the way being the angels are tired, but I liked the idea of the rogue angel. I thought that was a good concept. I liked the image of the doctor as an angel. I thought it was a good concept, right? And in episode six, like there were things I liked. Um, I finally they actually did something funny with the damn Satarans. I mean, I'm sorry, like Centaurans, oh, the chocolate thing was so good. Like the Satarans syntax should be 
every Centauran episode should have a moment of Centauran syntax where they're literally saying things like, you're delicious and appealing mouth snacks. Like, I love that. I just, I got, I, one of my all-time favorite movies is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And I got a very, like, Genghis Khan very much enjoys Twinkies vibe <laughs> from that scene. And it just made me so, it was, I, I really, I loved that. That was great. Um, I, You know, I even love the fact that, like, the BBC managed to get themselves one last Hollywood handshake, even though they've lost the Great British Bake Off and we'll never have it again. Like, there were things that were, like, cute. And, and then there was the rest of it. And I just, I, and it very much felt like it was the even-numbered episode that at least had, like, some kind of solid thing in it. The first episode, the third episode, and the fifth episode were literally my least favorite episodes each time. And it's because they were... So, there was a kind of episode we used to get during the Steve Moffat years that I would call the the wild romps. And 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 they were almost always these river song episodes where like they're 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 screwing with time and 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 space. Like the one where where she's Melody Pond in the beginning that's that's let's kill Hitler. And um and the one where she comes out and she says the only water in the forest is the river and that's how come her name is River Song. Like th- there there were those episodes if you think about them for like more than five seconds they fall to bits. They're very popcorny, but they're so fun while you're watching. And I felt very much, especially in episodes three and five, that Chibnall was basically attempting to sort of capture that manic, crazy, fun, laughing energy of of that kind of Moffat-era episode, except he was failing utterly. And it was painful because... It, like the the thing with the Ruth Doctor and like the Doctor being the Ruth Doctor in the past and seeing the companions who she's with as her companions now when it's actually other companions, like that was a really fascinating idea, and that was a really clever thought, but the episode itself was clunky. The episode was not manic and fun and a laugh a minute. Instead, we just got these priest triangles running around that like didn't make any sense. I, I I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to think of the Ravagers other than gosh, that's a lot of gold lipstick. Um, <laughs> really, crystals on your head? I mean, is this yeah. 1975? Like, Again, it's got like a real Ziggy Stardust vibe that I don't mind, but it's also doesn't make any sense. It has a classic Who makeup vibe. That I didn't, I didn't hate because you know we should, you know that that's one of the the the, the hallmarks of old Who that we should that, that, that you can update and 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 do fun you know, things with. Now what's that we funny, are, what's yeah. funny is I honestly believe this is the worst story that New Who has put forth. Yes. but this is the best New Who has ever looked. Yes, like they spent so much money on this, like it looks so good. It's the the cinematography is beautiful. The sets are beautiful. The costumes are great. Like just the quality of the filming is it looks amazing. It looks like a movie, but it's garbage. The, the giant vistas on planets that you want to go to. Um, and then there's things like the Grand Serpent, which are just go nowhere. <laughs> and then they leave him on a rock. And that was all he ever did. Like, <sighs> yeah, I don't really like snakes. So <laughs> every time he like ejected a snake from some part of his body i just could not it was not i was not well 
I felt very frustrated by that because, you know, again, in the same way that I felt like Vinder and Bell could have had a real storyline, the Grand Serpent couldn't have been part of their real storyline. Like, there was something there, but it was so undeveloped and so, so not, not, there was so not enough of it. It was so whittled to the bone that, like, none of it made any sense. And then Vinder throws him out an airlock basically onto a rock and that's that (laughs) i just can't get over the fact that i like the whole series is premised around the flux and the flux is possibly the least important thing in the season every episode would be the previously on we'd get we'd get jody whitaker going what's the flux and then we wouldn't (laughs) actually answer what the flux is like we never actually answered what the flux is like what the flux i don't know Uh, i do know that for some reason as your and and swarm had this sort of war between space and time that didn't make any sense but was really fascinating as an idea a pet peeve that i have and i complain about this on many shows that i watch if you've ever heard me go off at length about the flash I have a similar complaint about their constant need to try to anthropomorphize things that are not alive. Um, And I cannot, and and I don't mean, I don't even just mean not alive. I mean, things that are not like living beings, like the, the need to anthropomorphize space and time here drove me nuts because they're not people. They're not beings. They don't want anything. And there's because there there's some sport sort of they, they had this kind of idea that they were going to war against space because they were on the side of time. What? Like it was so ill thought out. It was so underexplained, so underconsidered, so so just like nonsensically weird. Like I, it just I I don't know what I was supposed to do with that. Other than it didn't make any sense, and it almost seemed to like go against the idea of the show. Like the show is TARDIS is. Uh, you know time and relative dimensions in space right like time and space are are are, are a mutual thing together like what what they're at war i i have no understanding it does it it made like less than than zero sense to me i just don't it doesn't make any sense and if that were true and that were somebody that that and that were a thing that the doctor was aware of or anybody that the doctor had ever come in contact with was aware of like she's a time traveler I just it makes my head hurt. Yeah, I I'm I am very very disappointed that this was how the Thirteenth Doctor's regular season ended. I'm I'm very disappointed, and I almost wish I could go back in time and tell myself my 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 past self when Jodie Whittaker was introduced to the doctor to temper my expectations and mm-hmm. to and, and 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 to pull back and not to be because this I mean I, and part of me is like we should have known that they would that they would feel the need to in some way uh not make a female doctor be too much do you know what i mean i think one of my biggest pet peeves with her I've, I have several and it all comes down to how they conceptualize this version of the doctor as as a person she's so passive and it's yes she's so passive everything happens to her she's a victim of things that she finds out about things that she didn't know about that affected her previously like it's so frustrating that is my number one pet peeve my second one is that 
I've ranted about this before is that they don't actually conceptualize this character as a woman, but merely a character played by a woman because her experiences in the world would be vastly different if she were female presenting versus male presenting. But that is a rant for another day. But it's the passivity that kills me here. She does nothing in this whole series virtually. Honestly, the the third the the the, the final episode becomes a multi doctor special with three of her, and it's literally because the first of her is unable to save herself so the only way they can't actually send someone to save the doctor because that wouldn't work so they have to make two more doctors so the doctor can save herself because basically he'd written her into a corner where she is a victim trapped person who who is who is unable to get away from swarm and azure and and is and is and is dying in in this place where they are basically killing her and then putting her back together to kill her again also can we talk about the fact that the, the okay the Shamalon arch which is the name of that time fob that that has that contains their lives okay we've seen that now twice before we've seen it once with the David Tennant Doctor and Tenth Doctor, and we've seen it once with the Ruth Doctor. In both cases, no, actually, I think we've even seen it a third time, but I don't remember when. Anyway, the point is, every time we see it, when they open the watch, all of the memories immediately download right into the Doctor's brain, and he's right back to who he was, or she's right back to who she was. Oh, you. Oh, okay. The watch. I, I was thinking you meant the thing. I was thinking because you said Chameleon Arch, and that made me think of the thing. That's the thing that. That makes the TARDIS looks like a police box. Oh no no the the the, the watch fob thing is also yeah oh okay. is also called that because it's 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 uh it because it's so much bigger on the inside oh and okay. right. I haven't watched uh I haven't watched the the Derek Jacoby third season episode in a while um. I don't know. None of that makes any sense. Right? So when we open the watch, when when as you're open the watch, I expect the doctor to get all of her memories back. And instead she gets a house? You know what? That was <laughs> what? actually one of the things that I really loved about this episode. Not the not the watch or the memories, because all of that sucks. But that visual of that house was amazing. Okay, yes. That visual of the house was really cool. Like that looks so creepy and terrifying. Mm. I would love an episode where She went I, where into that, that house? Im- Well, yes, but not with these timeless child memories because that can just stay right in the TARDIS trash. But I just <laughs> love that as a concept and a visual. It reminded me of um, one of my all-time favorite episodes, which is The Doctor's Wife. And they literally are in a pocket universe where they encounter a thing that calls itself House. And it, it just triggered a lot of good thoughts for me in an episode where I did not have very many. And I just thought that was such a cool, again, a cool concept, a cool visual executed completely wrong and didn't do anything with it yeah or or actually maybe the better statement is not executed at all yeah like, just, just here's a really cool image moving on right like i i uh, very very frustrating and i really like i don't like feeling like this you literally changed how the fobs work because you didn't actually want to give her her memories back because you didn't actually want to go there in this episode and give us any answers you know what if you weren't going to do anything with this you could have just left it alone right like you didn't have to do any of this you could have had old lady mom be like no the master lied or whatever you didn't have to do any of this nope this was all a choice and it was terrible Uh, and the worst part is is that even if they fetch that fob back out of the memory hole for the finale of of Whitaker's time here and answer the questions as best they can with the master, since the master is clearly coming back for that episode, for the centenary episode, 
Um, I, I miss you, Michelle Gomez. Even if they, the fact is, as you said, when Russell T. Davies shows up, and the show not only is, it's not only that we are changing doctors, it's not only that we are changing showrunners, we are literally changing production companies. The BBC is literally giving up control of Doctor Who to Bad Wolf Productions, which is owned by Russell Davies, and which has been bought out by Sony Pictures Television. If they're going to let it go to anybody else, I'm glad it's Russell's company, but still. Yeah. We basically are going to get an all new Doctor Who produced by all new by an all new production company. Sony Television is coming in and it's going to bring all of that money with it. Um, I mean, Sony Pictures Television are the people who do like they do like Wheel of Time. They do the boys on Amazon. They the, the thing about Sony Pictures is that they're the only ones who didn't make their own streaming service in the streaming wars. Instead, what they're doing is they're just making tons and tons of content for everybody else. And somebody had to do that. And I'm I'm glad somebody decided to do that because thank you. Um, but. This means that we are basically going to get one of the things about, you know, Whitaker's, you know, entry into this show was that basically the show did a soft reboot. Well, we're going to get another soft reboot with this next doctor because we simply have to, not just because we get a new showrunner, not just because we get a new doctor, but because we're getting an entire new production company, an entire new team behind the show. Like the whole thing is changing in the background and that will make a difference. Even if they say it won't make a difference. No, no, no. We're going to keep on keeping on. No, simply by having different people in the room will be different. And it's really hard to not look at this and be like, this is all pointless. Why am I even bothering? Um, But I still, but that being said, I think, I I don't think it has to be though, because I look at Peter Capaldi's last couple of episodes. Well, not really twice upon a time because that was a Christmas special and that's sort of a whole different kettle of fish. But I'm looking at the, the season 10 finale with Michelle Gomez and John Sim and like, the Cybermen are coming and people are dying. And basically we know like everything's going to be okay after this. The doctor's going to regenerate. Like the story is going to continue, but it's still very impactful and emotional and a good story. Just because you know that it's, this is a show that, that regeneration is a thing. Rebirth is a thing. Starting over is a thing. Like it's a show that it reinvents itself all the time. Yes. That doesn't mean that the things that come before don't and shouldn't matter. I, I don't know. I think I'm saying this badly, but I just feel like this whole season has just been like... I, I felt very much like things were so rote by the end of this. Like, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and it felt kind of pointless. And I didn't have any emotional investment in most of it, because so much of it was... I didn't even was... know half the characters' names. Well, I knew all the characters' names, but that's because I freaking, you know, recap it. So like, I have who to... is the dude with the tunnels? What is his name? I know he. I know he's a real person. Don't yell at me, internet. But like, uh, literally, he just was in this series to like have historically built some tunnels they could use to escape and be a real person. That was his entire arc. Um. Well. Okay. Williams. The Williamson tunnels are actually a famous Liverpool like tourist thing. Like people go visit them. They're they're they're, well, they're yeah. Like a- and in and in the Doctor Who of five years ago, that would have been an episode in and of itself where it turns mm-hmm. out that you know he made them for aliens or whatever, and that was actually like their weirdo origin story. And it would have a, and it would have a point. 
This did not have a point. And it and it would connect with the new companion being from Liverpool and all that. Like you could see like the little threads of where this could have been a thing. But again, like all he did was wander around muttering and then suddenly he was and we're done with you, plot device. Go walk through that doorway. <laughs> right? Like really right, like his name just should have been plot device. Like that which honestly is half how half of these extra people felt. Which I, I, makes no sense because like there are plenty of one off episode characters that I would have done a lot to get a couple of episodes with because they were that cool and interesting in the one episode they appeared in. These ep- these characters are in three, four, five episodes. I barely remember their names because I don't care about them because they have like no purpose beyond, well, I have to be here so that these tunnels can be here. Yeah. Um. Uh, perfect example, Girl in the Fireplace episode. Um, I actually don't like that episode. I realize oh, I'm in the I realize I'm in the minority. But she's a fascinating character. Yes. You wouldn't mind seeing come back. And she oh, only yeah, ever no. existed in one episode, one time, in one season. My and go-to that's... response for this is Sally Sparrow. Oh, that's a good one too. I yeah. love her. She's so interesting. Yeah. But I mean that's the thing is that there are and the fact that we're coming up with multiple answers to this. The girl who was in the last Christmas Christmas special, her name is like Sheena or something. She was uh, she was a Game of Thrones fan. She was amazing. Yeah, like every every one of these comes up with like there are multiple seasons where characters are impactful characters matter you 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 like them you cosplay as them even even if it's kind of a Idris. oh man like yeah like there's so many and this the, the we we had i i wanted i wanted to love vinder and bell as like characters uh, yeah the only thing i know about bell is she has a t- Tamagotchi. Um, that somehow is tied to her pregnancy. That yeah, I could never figure out if the baby was actually like she was like bodily pregnant or if we moved on that uh, beyond that in the future and the Tamagotchi was the baby. I, I think the Tamagotchi was supposed to be the baby, but I'm not actually sure. Because For you again, youths that not... don't know what Tamagotchis are, they were Animal Crossing, but <laughs> way less complicated. <laughs> oh, God, we are showing our age. Um, Yeah, no, I, I honestly like... I, I, it was so unformed. Everything about this season, these six episodes, was so unformed. And I don't understand how they had six episodes to work with. And I feel like I know less about the people that appeared in six hours of television than I do people who appeared in half an hour of one episode. Um, uh, the companion, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The one who got the thing in his forehead in the Christopher Eccleston season at the mall. Oh, that guy, Adam. Adam, thank you. Adam made more of an impression as a one episode companion than Dan did in six episodes. And you know what is so weird is that Dan was my favorite part of this whole thing. And I went into this being like, I'm going to hate that man for hoarding in on my all lady TARDIS and just ruining everything. And honestly, he's one of the only things that made this season bearable. So props to props to John Bishop for being a bright light and a pile of garbage. Yeah. So, yeah, I am. Even though I say that, I say that because he was kind and funny. I have no idea who Dan is, why he wants to travel with the doctor or what he wants. He got um, friend zone. That was his arc. I, I do know that he has his house in his pocket still because I don't think I ever saw anyone put it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it wasn't back when he went back the first time. Nope. Nope, it wasn't. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> anyway. Um, 
so I'm so de- like I'm really depressed by this, guys. Like I re- like I just really am. Not because I wanted better for the show, because I always want better for the show. Even when even when it's annoyed me or has done things that like I will never be over how they paid off the heading home to Gallifrey the long way round from the 50th anniversary special with the ter- terribleness that was the end of season nine. Um, that was garbage. But like this is the first time I just really feel defeated by like an entire season. Like wait, was... wait, wait! Did 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 you hate Heaven's? Uh, no, not Heaven Sent. Hell Bent. Hell Bent. I hate Hell Bent. I love Heaven Sent. Heaven Sent is the one that, that is is the one where he's by himself. Heaven Sent is the the sparrow. How many how many miles to the whatever it is? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the that's one of the best episodes of the Capaldi era. No, that's one of the absolute best episodes that the show has ever made. Hell Bent. Is the garbage? Is the he goes back to Gallifrey garbage? It's 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 one of those Moffat like wild romps. Except the wild romps never felt quite the same with Capaldi because Capaldi didn't quite give it that sort of insane energy, manic energy, the way that Matt Smith did. Um, but Hellbent is very much one of those wild romps, and Heaven Sent is just beautiful. Heaven Sent was like the kind of thing you wanted from the Moffat era. Anyway, yeah. um, it, sorry, that was completely off. But no, but my but my point is is that like even in the even in the seasons where there were episodes that maybe like incandescently furious, how bent is one of those episodes. I still can see that it had some redeeming moments. That the season as a whole was worthwhile. I'm not sure what the redeeming moments of this season are, and I'm so frustrated and disappointed that Jodie Whittaker's time in the TARDIS is going to go out like this and now my expectations for the final three specials of her time as the Doctor are like in the center of the earth low. Um, so the next thing is the uh, New Year's special. Um, How which... are the Daleks involved in this when we literally just saw the Daleks get wiped out like 30 seconds ago? I, who knows? Who cares? Um, I, but basically we, we, we're going to be going back to the Daleks for the New Year's special. Also wait I'm not done ranting. Why did we even feel the need to have the Daleks in this? <laughs> Do you know, like, uh, like I love, I will fully defend Daleks. They are my favorite Doctor Who villain. I love them because they're like tiny trash cans with plunger faces. <laughs> I think they're great. I will never turn down a Dalek episode, but I cannot, I cannot get my head around why they were like, we've got 75 other plot lines going on. We definitely need some Cybermen and some Daleks in this. Why? Um, I I I love Daleks too. Um, I really loved like Moffat turned them into like these brightly colored pepper pots that I just thought were adorable. Um, I the one should not really call a villain adorable. Um, anyway, point is like I I don't know why the Daleks showed up. Like at least I understood because the Cybermen had been in it earlier. Like. I did. I mean, the Centurions came back because they'd been in episode two, and then the dogs just came out of nowhere. Like I don't yeah, know. It just made no sense. No, nothing. Nothing made sense. Um. Anyway, sorry. We can talk about the New Year special now. I just had to get that out because it occurred to me when you said it's a Dalek episode. I was like, there's just we're Daleks in this for reasons. Don't know why. Yeah. So we're getting a New Year's episode as we have with Chibnall every every. Which season. I mean, great. We only have a couple of weeks until more new Doctor Who, except. In this particular instance, I actually wish we weren't getting another special till like the spring because I need some distance from this to stop being angry. Um, and then I believe I don't believe there's a spring. Is there a spring special and a centenary in the fall, or is yes, it just there okay. are three specials. One is going to be New Year. One is going to be at some point in the spring ish, early summer. I mean, I'm betting like June personally, but we'll see. 
Um, maybe May. I'm not sure. Although the Doctor Who recently has really liked April, but that feels like a really big gap between the second one and the third one. The third one will be in the fall around the centennial of the BBC. But there's definitely like, because this goes back to my conspiracy theory, because this season was originally supposed to be eight episodes. And I think they just lopped off the other two. They're going to use them as two specials. And then they filmed the third one, which is the centenary one. Okay. Um, that that was sort of confusing because I got the announcement about the centenary episode being Whitaker's final episode. And somehow in my brain, I thought it was New Year's special, centenary, and then final New Year's special. And then we went to uh, Davies in 2023. That's what I thought it was. Um, so, okay. Um, I'm glad, glad we cleared that up. Um, honestly, like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about any of the specials that are upcoming. I will, of course, re- recap them because I do. But I also, I- like, I really have a bad taste in my mouth from the last time we had to do the Year of Farewell specials because I love mm. you, David Tennant, but your last specials were bad. Yeah. Like, they were bad. Water on um, Mars was good. Just the others weren't. Yeah, the one where he's late, him and Lady Christina on the bus was terrible, and End of Time could have been one episode. Um, I, 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 I will say that I did not see the four knocks coming though. Um, see, I will like that was I did. I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't cry. I definitely cried. Like that was re- Like it's like oh, the master's gonna come and that's it's gonna regenerate the doctor this time. Like we've got that now. They've told us. Like I said, at least I didn't know last time that who were the four who would be doing the knocking. Right. Here, here we know. Here, it's all telegraphed for us, and I think that's another thing about this six season, epi- this six episode season, is that everything was telegraphed, but nothing was actually written out. Hysterically, like while we're recording this episode, I just got a text from my friend Karen, who I've known for. Oh, I don't even know. Way too long for me to actually put a number on. And we go to Galley 1 together every year. And she just texts me. She's like, I feel like we're on the same page about Doctor Who generally. But I almost, I feel almost 100% opposite this time. I thought the plot was pretty straightforward. Just predictable enough to keep my interest. And the Doctor was all action, even with a lot of things thrown at her. So thanks, Karen, for being my stand-in for a positive opinion on the show. I mean, I have seen I have seen recappers who really love... Who, who, who have called this the most... Um, what the the guardian called this um the most stable i guess not stable what? like like that it was that this was the that this season was had ha, was was not as uneven as the other seasons that the other seasons have had such lows and and this one if at you least- want to say it's even in the sense that it's under the surface of the earth bad that's even <sighs> like if it's that being low all at once is even I don't yeah, know. I, I just I, I feel like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I've been such a defender of this era of Doctor Who and such a defender of Chibnall as a showrunner and just such a defender of all of this. And I watching this, I feel like that gif of Mr. Rogers putting like the clown mask on. <laughs> like that's how I feel. And I just it sucks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm I think I will be very glad to see the back of all of this. I am very curious to see how Davies and Bad Wolf and Sony take over Doctor Who and the changes that are coming, both behind and in front of the scenes. Um, I feel like Doctor Who might really like find its way in the streaming world, um, hopefully. And hopefully they'll send us some screeners. <laughs> I am so mad about that. I know. Um, I know. This is this is so insider baseball. This, yeah, this is this is very my diamond shoes are too tight. But I just yeah, 
Uh, the season. Uh, let me do my job, people. <laughs> I know. Help us help you. Maybe they were like, we don't want you to be able to talk about the show any sooner than when it's on. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like my final thoughts have been all through this episode so far. I'm just really disappointed and I'm frustrated. And I just, I don't like feeling about, like, I don't like feeling this way about my favorite show. But I feel like... We're not mad. We're just disappointed. I mean, I'm mad and disappointed. Okay. Well, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm mad. And I don't even know if it's mad or whatever. But I'm just like, I look at this and I think about what it could have been. Yeah. Like what it should have been there were so many good ideas in it and none of them none of them none of them went anywhere like i I look at it and i'm like wow you had six like a like i hate the phrase like it's a five-hour movie or whatever but because that's also dumb that's such an insult to television as a medium it is really but like the way they conceptualized this season was that it was really supposed to be like an extended but it was interconnected epic thing like so okay i'll forgive you if each episode can't stand on its own because that's the way this thing was designed to work but it didn't even work like that mm-hmm. and i just uh i'm tired <laughs> i miss i miss i miss not being angry at my favorite show <laughs> so i mean i think that means i need friends first of all but second it means that i am very much looking forward to russell t davies coming home and fixing this mess all right i i i think i think i think i think you've exhausted yourself in in in, into a puddle i know i feel like i should have brought i should have brought like a like a like a tumbler of something down here to record this it probably would have been more fun for everyone well honestly like no i think that's why we should it's a good thing we warned people that we were literally recording on sunday like right after watching the episode because like yeah you were gonna i haven't i'm very raw my emotions are very raw yeah um I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it again. No, JK, I'm no. never watching this again. That's a lie. Why am I even saying that? Um, I will never watch this again. But maybe upon some reflection, I will be less sad about it. But it'll take me a while. Time and distance. Time and space. They're friends. They're not at war. Also, they're not sentient beings. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. But, hey, at least they reminded us that Jodie Whittaker's coat is reversible. I know. Fashion I really moments. actually, I really actually do like the the turned inside out version of it. I think it looks really mm-hmm. cool. I, I really hope to. I really hope to see some of those if we ever go cosplaying again. Ever. I also have that coat, and I'm pretty sure mine doesn't look like that if you turn it inside out. But, Rude. Uh, anyway, tell the people end this torture for us and the people listening, and tell the people where to find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Any Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Any Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cat at Any Bundle on Instagram. Uh, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just basically like, you know, follow my Twitter feed because I retweet all my bylines there. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Watch the great season two. It'll make you feel better about everything because it's wonderful. Um, anyway, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I always tweet my bylines. So be my friend and you will get to see what I am ranting about in something close to real time. Uh, the site and the pod are on social media at Tele underscore visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. We are a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on that donate button up top to help us keep doing it. You'll get to support public media at the same time because... 
who doesn't want to do that and get access to PBS Passport where you can watch a lot of things that are better than this season of Doctor Who. Um, yeah, guys, it's going to take me a while to get over this. So I don't know if you had thoughts you would like to share about this season, why it's good, bad, time to move on, etc. You can email us at televisions at WETI.org and at least let us know that we are not alone. Uh, <laughs> the holidays are approaching. Everybody take a second to please be kind to yourselves, each other, a stranger. It's rough out there. It's getting dark really early, which is depressing me. But uh, we are almost to the solstice, I think, which is the longest night of the year, which means, as the 11th Doctor once told us, once told us we will be halfway out of the dark. Huzzah. Uh, that's our show. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.